0: The future sport podcast is brought to you by three advance developers of sports tech apps that are AI powered and UX focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out three advance. They're incredible. Go to three advance.com. That's the number three advance.com.
1: Empire.
0: NASCAR didn't start changing a month ago. It's been in the works.
1: I think we've been saying it for a while now. This is just, um, this is not your grandfather's NASCAR. Um, And this is a inclusive, welcoming sport. um, And it's dramatic. And it's um, everything you love about sports. It's unpredictable.
0: That's Scott Warfield, managing director of gaming at NASCAR. The whole package, live and virtual. It's modernizing. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. Scott Warfield has been with NASCAR for going on two decades now in varied roles, ranging from communications and business development to gaming, where there's been massive growth. Earlier this year, when there were literally no live sports to broadcast, NASCAR's iRacing series was eye-opening at how advanced and integrated their digital and real world could be. But as we're all aware, lately the real world has been focused on the sport in many ways. Let's welcome in our guest this week, Scott Warfield, who's the Managing Director of Gaming for NASCAR. They have had a very successful run here through the pandemic with their iRacing series and the eNASCAR series. Rave reviews, the broadcasts have been terrific and really fun to watch. Scott, thanks for coming on today. Nice to have you here.
1: Bram, appreciate it. Always good to be with you.
0: Um, Look, I know um, this was a priority for you guys anyway. Clearly things changed a few months ago when live sports went away and they're slowly coming back, including NASCAR, um, holding their live races, SANS fans, of course. Um, Take me through the last few months with the iRacing series and, and how things have gone with NASCAR.
1: Yeah, it's been it's been wild like it has for uh probably for everyone. You know, we uh if you go back to that mid-March um time frame, you know, we made a a really, you know, hard announcement I believe on um March 16th that we were going to postpone the next eight races and um, you know, take a form of of entertainment away from from millions of fans around the globe. Um something you never envisioned ever having to, to do. Um, uh, but we quickly, you know, saw an opportunity, as, as as bad as that may sound, it's not meant to be. Um, you know, you, you struggle to say opportunity at a time like this, right, during a, a global pandemic with what everyone was going through, but came from a place of heart of, you know, could we come up with a, a, a solution that would provide, uh, you know, a respite in, in people's timelines and give them a break in the action um, you know, during the week? So the following day, we announced the creation of a, uh, the, the NASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational Series, which is a fancy way of saying we took all of our drivers at the top level Um and they competed against each other virtually on iRacing um, at the exact same tracks and the exact same time on the same network that we would have had real cup cars running. Um, and uh, we did that for uh, seven seven weeks during the, the pandemic throughout March and April and into May. And we ended up with, uh, you know, the, the highest rated esports TV programs of all time and, um, you know, 2 million new viewers that hadn't seen any other NASCAR this year of, you know, the Daytona 500, which is obviously our, our biggest event. And it was a great, a great um, distraction. I'll say for not only the fans, but also just our, our industry.
0: Um, I want to talk about the visual experience with you for a moment. We had Steve Myers on a few months ago when this was just launching and becoming, you know, something that was going to fill the void for a lot of live sports for people. And again, the broadcasts I think have been terrific. You know, we we've talked to, others like the people who are working in NBA 2K and, you know, listen, their game's amazing, but it it can't possibly replicate, you know, what it looks like NASCAR. Yeah. It's not the cars going around there, but the attention to detail in the tracks and having the interactiveness with the drivers, it, I, listen, it clearly, it doesn't replicate the same thing, but, It's not that far off. I'm actually quite amazed by that.
1: It's fascinating. I'll I'll tell you a quick story. It was the Tuesday before the Daytona 500. You know, we run the the Coca-Cola iRacing series, which is the 40 professional gamers that are the best in the world on this platform. Um, And we stream those, you know, across a a bunch of platforms, YouTube included. And I was in the bedroom packing for Daytona uh, back when we used to travel and and all be together at sporting events. And, um, I uh, I had it up on the the TV in the bedroom on on YouTube and the wife came in and walked past and went to go brush her teeth and kind of peeked her head around the corner and was like, when did you guys start running midweek races? <laughs> um, and I, I laughed. I said, no, this is the this is the esports side of my world. And and she came back out and then she could tell. But it it to your point, Bram, it it is that real. Um, and it's it's all the credit to Steve and and Tony Gardner over at I Racing, what they've built over the last you know, 15, 16 years, um, every single year evolving this, making it better, making it more realistic. And your point is right, that there's no comparison, right? There is, um, in in all of sports, you, you know, I, I don't think, unless you tell me otherwise, that that LeBron goes home and plays NBA 2K to get ready for the Clippers game. Right. Right. Um, But high racing, you do have drivers that are using it as seat time or development time, um, you know they're they're getting a look and feel of the the track because it has every nook and cranny and bump um that that would be in the real um on the real you know at the real facility um and and look we've had guys um come up through that uh, William Byron who's in the 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 24 car um and replaced Jeff Gordon he didn't step foot in a real race car until he was 14 years old. He grew up on iRacing, um, so it's clearly a differentiator. We knew it would translate, um, you know, because of the the investment in the in the Coke series, and we've seen that broadcast. We we did a, our championship race last year on that series was on NBCSN, um, so we knew the trans it would translate well to a, a you know a linear uh, network, and then Fox, who's been a partner of ours since you know 2001. Um, what they did was just incredible, right? Having Mike joy and Jeff Gordon actually call the races and pulling through a lot of the, the TV elements that you're used to seeing on Sunday. Um, but virtually now, um, it, it just, it, it was a stars aligned perfect storm type scenario.
0: Yeah. Um, let, let me go into William Byron for a moment and use him just as yeah. kind of as an example. Um, so I don't want to do too broad of a stroke with, with NASCAR, but like the gravitation to stars in the past were regionality, right? Somebody was from either famous family, Dale Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt Jr., or from part some part of the country. There's associations with car makers, whether it's I'm a Chevy fan, I'm a Ford fan, whatever it may be. This is very different now with some of the people that are coming into the sport and they don't have these general associations that i think the core nascar fans had with their previous stars um are you seeing a transition in how the fans of the sport are going to relate to its most famous people in it
1: yeah i mean i think it's a i think it's a good question and it's an interesting um i I think it's an interesting time because to your point you're you're having there's so many different avenues now to get to the top series right um you know, in, in football, it's it's pretty clear. You're, you're going to play high school football. You're going to probably go to college somewhere and play football. And then, you know, if, if you're really good, you're going to make it to the NFL. Um, you know, the, the road to the Cup Series, um, you know, our top national series, it, it can vary, right? You can grow up on, on dirt tracks or on motorbikes like Jimmy Johnson, um you can, you know, we've got drivers from from the northwest and you know, from California. Um, they're coming from different regions. Um, they're coming from different parts of the world. Daniel Suarez, a Mexican-born driver, um, and now I think again you're you're starting to see, um, you know, some um, abilities to to come up through an esports or, or through iRacing, like William Byron did. Um, and look, he's going to have a different appeal to a different audience. Um, there are, again, if you think about the two million new viewers that we reached through the Pro Invitational series, um, you know, my guess is they're they're going to see a lot of themselves in someone like William Byron. Um, uh, they're they're gamers. They've you know grown up playing um, you know racing games, and now they see a a young gentleman um, racing professionally, something to aspire to
0: let's talk about the transition here like you had mentioned the word opportunity i've had a lot of pause in using that as well because no one wants to take advantage of what's happening here but it has opened new avenues for for opportunities to try things um and this has been a, a success um do you see a broader audience that's been brought in here that you think you could transition back to the actual live races and become fans of the sport as we know it, that's outside of the virtual world?
1: hundred percent. And that's why we've, we've invested so heavily in the sports world is that I I'm certain that if we do it right, um, it can be an entry point to the sport. Um, you know, this is a, um, you know, it's a sport that not everyone grows up playing, right? You don't go out in the backyard and, and, and do NASCAR. Um, Now maybe you can. Um, And, and we, if we can use these sports to expose the uh, expose NASCAR to a broader audience um, that that leads to uh, a child or children tugging on their mom or dad's coat and saying, Hey, I want to go see a race. um, That's a win. And, and, You know, when you start talking about doing 1.1 million viewers for an eSports race on on Fox, Mm -hmm. um, there's something there, right? Um, And and 300,000 of those being people that hadn't watched any of their NASCAR. Those are are new eyeballs um, that have come in through the eSports door now. The job is you know getting them over to your point to the the core product, getting them to experience it um, in real life when we can you know fully welcome fans back um, and then the second piece is you know what's the future of how we Broadcast races. How we create series. Um, you know, w- w- what can we do in the off season? What can we do is in during the midweek using our esports. That's going to sustain audience. Going to grow audience. Those are all things we're starting to, you know, really drill in on here um, internally uh, as, as we think about twenty twenty one and beyond.
0: I mean, there's you know, everyone talks about second screen experience and. Boy, do you guys all of a sudden seem to have a lot of options there. And most of the sports you're talking about, either it's a social network where people are interacting differently with the game that they're watching, or it's gambling, or it's fantasy. And you all seem to have the possibility of running a virtual race of the same. You could have the Darlington virtual race going on at the same time as the real Darlington race. I mean, there seems to be a lot of options that are open to you all now.
1: I think there are. Yeah. I think it's a, it's an interesting spot to be. Um, you know, I, I think you, you could, you could envision a scenario where where you have, you know, a, a different look and feel of a race weekend, right. Where traditionally it's been the, the truck series on Friday, the Xfinity series on Saturday and cup on Sunday. You know, what role should, should E-NASCAR play in, in rounding out that, uh, those weekend schedules again, what role should it play, you know, midweek when, um, you know, we don't have the luxury of having 16 midweek baseball games, right? Um, you know, this is a, a additional engagement tool for the core fan, and it's a opportunity to speak in a pretty relevant manner to a younger, more diverse audience. So I think the options are, are there. Um, and again, you're not going to base anything off of a seven-week run. But when you look at, again, 1.1 million viewers, you look at these things were being broadcast in 165 countries. You had Nevada, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey um, you know, offering it from a, a betting standpoint. Huh. We had DraftKings had a daily fantasy game around <laughs> our ENASCAR racing Promotional series. Penn, our, our one of our gaming partners, relaunched their free to play uh, finish line app to be the e-NASCAR finish line app and you could, you could participate in a chance to win $5,000 as part of a free to play game. So yeah. this mm-hmm. thing took on a life of its own. Um, and again, none of that was, uh, you know, I'll take, we'll, we'll take away all the credit here. None of that was envisioned, right? We were just trying to stand something up that would provide people, a you know, source of entertainment and get them out of their Twitter timelines and, and get them away from the, the, the nightly news for, for 90 minutes. And then, you know, the the first TV rating comes in on that Monday and and you do 960,000 viewers and, and you, you know, there's something bigger here. <laughs>
0: uh, listen, this also may be kind of outside the purview, but since you mentioned it, listen, you guys it took me on a tour and I got to see where the integrity comes in on and what how many different points go into allowing a race car just to get on the track to compete that weekend. Um, so, you know, there's no question about the competition and what's happening in the real races. Are you guys uncomfortable at all with betting on the virtual um e NASCAR series at this juncture?
1: Uncomfortable. I don't I don't think uncomfortable is the right word. I you know, we the first thing we did um, is when we found out that some of the states had, had pushed it through was, you know, we um, you know, worked with our integrity partner at Sport Radar to you know, make sure that um, we had protocols in place and that the gambling policy had been expanded to include, you know, e-sports. Um, you know, before, you know, we we we'd go down that route on a, you know, larger scale or on a, on a permanent um, status, yeah, I think we'd probably want, no, we would want to take, you know, a much harder look at um, how to protect that because at the end of the day, sports betting in general, and this is, on our core product, it's on eSports, it's on any series we run, it is going to be a fraction of what, um, you know, it drives this business one and two, the, the integrity from uh, the integrity of our events is going to be priority one, two, and three. Um, and that has been made clear multiple times from, from the family. So we won't, um, you know, we won't do anything that we think will um, uh, jeopardize that, but we did look, we felt really, good and the fact that these were professional race car drivers participating virtually um, and um, you know uh, you know I think that the results were um, fairly interesting and something uh, as, a, as a test case that um, we, you know we'll continue to, to, to analyze here in the months to come
0: all right I'll leave you with this and I don't want to focus in on any on any of this particular stuff that's going on culturally with what's happening but NASCAR did make a very big decision recently and we're talking a lot about opportunities in branding the sport in new ways because of the popularity that modern technology and the gaming has brought to a younger and new fan with the decision around the Confederate flag to not be flown at any more NASCAR races. And you guys are looking at all these kind of modern ways to bring in new, younger, different fans into the sport. Um, how do you kind of foresee the marketing of the sport as we move forward?
1: Yeah. I mean, look, this is, I think we've been saying it for a while now. This is just, um, this is not your grandfather's NASCAR. Um, and this is a inclusive welcoming sport. Um, and it's dramatic and it's, um, everything you love about sports, it's unpredictable. Um, and I think those will be the themes we continue to, um, hone in on. Um, you know, the, the, your question is a good one because, you know, there, there has been a influx of interest now from new and, and more diverse fan bases um, just since that's happened. Um, and, right, like not every city has an NASCAR race. Um, so how do we better leverage esports and iRacing in particular to put the sport in the hands of people that now have interest that may not have had interest a year ago? Um and, and there's no, there's no better way to do that than, um, outside of actually getting in a race car. The second, you know, the, the next closest thing is to leverage iRacing and have a steering wheel in your hands in your office at home, um, and, and see what it's like. So those are some of the things we're trying to, to think through right now is, is how do you, how do you, um, you know, use eSports, um, for for scale and and get more people touching and feeling this sport that um, now have a, a very very strong interest in um, motorsports and um, it's a it's an exciting time and um, just. In- incredible um, energy coming from the building, um, thanks to you know the the France family and, and, and NASCAR's leadership in the space. And I think it'll um, it'll be an interesting time over the next couple of years how we um, transition some of these new fans and get them in and, and understanding and, and loving the sport like our core fans do.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting, and we'll be watching. Scott Warfield is the managing director of gaming at NASCAR. Thank you so much, Scott. Bram, thanks for having. On the next Future Sport podcast. Once I went to Silicon Valley and, and we we looked at each and all these
1: different companies and, and the different spaces they were in the, the digital health space. It made it made way more sense to me because it was something that I could actually, you know. i've I've been a part of it it's it's part of my family and i've seen it growing
0: up that's philadelphia eagles safety jalen mills who is part of a growing trend of players who are eyeing opportunity in the tech space to grow their investment portfolios and yes we will ask his thoughts on playing during a pandemic as well as always the future is now this is the future sport podcast i'm bram weinstein The future sport podcast is brought to you by three advance developers of sports tech apps that are AI powered and UX focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out three advance. They're incredible. Go to three advance.com. That's the number three advance.com.